Discussion keeps the world turning. This is Roundtable. You're listening to Roundtable with myself, Ha Young. I'm joined by Yushun in the studio and Josh Cotterell on the line. Coming up, we'll have a heart to heart with you. Your voice matters, and we want to hear it on our heart to heart segment. Got a question? Something you're itching to share? Fire up that voice memo and hit us up at ezfmroundtable at foxmail.com. And milk tea beverages have been all the rage in the drinks business in China. But hold on to your boba. What if we told you that there might be more to your daily indulgence than meets the eye? Brace yourselves for the not-so-sweet revelation as we dive into groundbreaking research. Can your beloved milk tea be a secret culprit behind mental health issues such as depression and anxiety? Our podcast listeners can find us at Roundtable China on Apple Podcast. Now let's have a moment of heart to heart. You ask. We answer. Roundtable, heart to heart. Who's got a question for Roundtable? Good afternoon, Roundtable team. It's Will from the ancient city of Xi'an. I just can't get enough of your show. As long as I feel like having some quality time listening to the radio, Roundtable will always be my first choice. Well, having said that. I do feel a little unsettled lately. I guess it would be best if I can get some inspirations from you guys. So here is the thing: I graduated from college this year and work in an e-commerce company. But ever since I started this full-time job, I feel like every day there are too many things to think about, such as my behaviors at work,、um, the relationship with my colleagues, and my future—stuff like that. Sometimes my thoughts are just too overwhelming, especially at nights that I cannot help but thinking about them all the time. So I was wondering if you guys can, you know,、um, have ever been through this situation. I'd really appreciate your insights. Thank you. Thank you so much, Will, for sending in this、uh, voice memo and trusting us with your question. Josh, what do you have to say to our lovely listener? Well, thanks for calling in.、Uh, it sounds like you've spent some time in jolly old England,、um, and、uh, yeah, I I think that you have. Really great pronunciation. So I I enjoyed just listening to your accent. I wonder, did you spend some time in the UK, and and, and is that where you picked it up?、Um, but to answer your question, I mean, it sounds like quite a, a common issue that that happens. I I don't know too much about your situation, so it's it's difficult to give you any specific advice. As usual on Roundtable, we only get a short clip. But I think that it's important to. Take a step back sometimes and and get some perspective on things and、uh, however you might might do that. So if you do get an opportunity to take some time off, I know that、um, I myself have found this very useful. Is that next time in the near future when you get some time off, I would suggest that you、um, rather than maybe going on a busy holiday or something like that, maybe plan some days ahead for for yourself so that you can take a break and maybe just get some perspective on things.、Um, whether that is just Going on a staycation, or even staying at home, or just doing something quiet.、Uh, I think that when you're so busy, as you seem to be, it's difficult to 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 get some perspective. Otherwise, it's it's quite tricky to give some advice sometimes when the message is quite vague. I don't know. I will ask my、uh, more competent 
um, co-hosts here or uh, to give some better advice. <laughs> uh, that's a very good start, Josh. And uh, this audio clip from Will just reminds me of uh, a popular phrase from 2022, which encapsulated a situation for a lot of young people in this country that is called Zao F Van E, or fighting in the morning, emo in the evening. I mean, yeah, we, we've just celebrated the uh, New Year's Day period, and, um, and a lot of us have New Year's resolutions, and a lot of us could barely remember it by February. Anyhow, some young Chinese are going through the same ringer every day, waking up dedicating to fighting for a better life. By bedtime, they're also exhausted and they want to lie down and just listen to maybe emo music and feeling emo. And the phrase has a slight variation of a, which is a popular skincare routine involving the application of vitamin C in the morning and vitamin A at night, and which sometimes can be interpreted oh. to coffee in the morning and alcohol at night. Anyhow, do you feel a similar kind of pain? Another young person on the show, Yushun. <laughs> Um, first of all, I can totally relate to Will's, you know, nighttime anxiety, especially when surrounded by darkness. You know, it is intensifying the sense of loneliness, I think. It's, it's, it's purely natural. And during the day, maybe we kind of alleviate an unease by watching TV or going online or chatting with our friends. But at night, the situation is different. And Will, I want you to know that having such thoughts is not a bad thing. It shows that you have a sense of responsibility and a desire for progress, I think, as well as a positive attitude towards, you know, harmonious relationships with your colleagues. And um, as human beings, we all inevitably encounter situations that, you know, disturb our emotions, both personally and professionally. I and I often feel discouraged when things don't go well, and sometimes I can get frustrated. And lies can be challenging, and setbacks are a common occurrence. However, the way we perceive and approach these situations varies from person to person. Yes, and what you're describing, Will, as well as what you should you just said, I think it's something that so many people can relate to, that is, so much goes on in the day and there are so many stressor points and at night for some reason maybe because it's quiet maybe mm. because you're on your own or hopefully you have that quiet time and then it all comes to get you and how can you quiet all these thoughts at night it can be very challenging and i have some tips here and i wonder if you guys have uh more to share and maybe just hear me out first um what i find to be really helpful is to get to the root problem of it if it's a big problem that you hope to solve then create a to-do list and see if you can tackle this issue heads-on but a lot of the times it's like we're worrying about the uncertain future. Will right. I get this promotion or not? Is this job even going to exist next year or not? And these uncertainties really bug us. And that's why I feel when there might not be a specific reason that you can pinpoint then maybe journaling can be a good idea or just writing out whatever that is stressing you out. 
writing down your thoughts and worries on a piece of paper before uh, bedtime, putting your concerns on paper can help clear our minds and provide a sense of release. And this sense of release, I think, is also really important. So we can find releases in different ways. Some people, maybe uh, it's talking to a friend, letting out all that emotional dump. And for some people, maybe it's creating something. I personally find having a creative release can be really good for the inner self. And this reminds me of a bunch of research I did for a previous show, but I didn't get to share it on that show. And maybe I'll share it with you here. That is, okay, I know this is a bit of a privilege example, but for artists, a lot of their work comes from the heart and that becomes a great creative release. For example, Taylor Swift, as big as she is, and you would think that, okay, she writes her songs. Actually, she is a songwriting savant, and all of her music is written, if not co-written, by her. And when you look at her music, on the surface, a lot of it, to the untrained eye, it's just another love song a catchy love song. But actually, when you look deeper, it's fascinating how she writes about, for example, business betrayal into what seems like a love song. The example of a song I can give you here is My Tears Recouchet. And basically, you might have heard that um, she's been re-recording all of her albums before the uh, COVID period. And that was because her masters have been sold to someone that she does not agree with. And she, you can say, she has been betrayed by a trusted business partner for 15 years, someone that you're supposed to trust, who is supposed to uh, look after your rights have your best interest at heart, but then just decides to ditch you. And maybe she feels like, you know, just backstabbing her. But this terrible experience became the source of songwriting. And then to write it out, make it into music and, you know, sell millions of copies of it is definitely a big bonus. But for everyday people, I feel, you know, maybe we can't sell all the time, um, the creative fruit of ours, but having that cathartic avenue of creating something, of letting whatever is bugging you, and uh, otherwise, you know, you might be bottling it up, instead, let it out. I think that could be a really good release of stress and also sorrows and all the negativity that we all feel um, at some point in life. Yeah, I also penned this sentence in my reminder, never be anxious about the things has not happened. And also, um, I think the situation here really fits that um, the book that I recommended previously, which name is uh, Good Mood Exercise Manual by Japanese psychiatrist Masaki Nishidi. I think this book gives some inspirations for people like Will, who is in this kind of situation. Um, and also, this book actually said some people are naturally predisposed to overthinking or just, you know, 
easily get influenced by their emotions,、mm -hmm. perhaps due to their personality or even genetic factors. I think the first thing is to accept this mental state. Sometimes, the more you think about it. The more anxious you become, so creating a vicious cycle that leads to bad mood, or in this case, insomnia. Consider these short-term sleepless nights as a mechanism to protect yourself from stress, and、um, this mindset might,、um, you know, make it a bit easier to cope. I would say. So first and foremost, you can calmly accept this fact. And another thing I think is. You can talk to your friends about this, especially who can share similar feelings. You know, it's challenging to overcome worries and not let emotions control you solely with your own strength. And others may not always be able to help. However, once you realize that I am not alone or I'm not the the, the only one who feel this, I think the level of distress may diminish. So, you know, there are just so many solutions to your issue. And there's no need for excessive anxiety. So why not just check out this book, or you know, think about it. And once you've gone through these experiences, you will discover that many things just can be easily resolved. And it's not just one person's issue. This is、mm. something that a lot of people can relate to. Josh, do you have something to share here? Well, again, it's difficult to give specific advice to one person on such a short note. But I would say that something that I've always championed on this show. Is the importance of physical activity, and I'm not sure、mm -hmm. if this person is doing that much physical activity, but I truly believe that for myself, exercising in some way, shape, or form, whatever it means, it doesn't need to, it doesn't necessarily mean intensive exercise at the gym, which is what I do、um, every day to keep myself sane. But I still believe that for everybody else, moving physically, doing something other than thinking, you know,、uh, <laughs> and working out your body. Is the foundation of everything. I think that it improves your appetite, it releases stress, and it gives you better judgment. It gives you a moment to get better perspective on things and the importance of things. So, if you're not valuing that,、um, I would certainly advise you to do so for sure. Yes, and what I always champion on the show is practice self-compassion. Be kind to yourself. Yeah, treat yourself with the same compassion you would offer a friend. You yourself, as much as anybody in this entire universe, deserve your love and affection. Just want to wrap a warm blanket over you, my friend. And remember, finding the right combination of strategies may take some time. So please be patient with yourself as you explore what works best for you. And thank you for taking us along this ride. If you like what you hear, send us your question or comment on the show to ezfmroundtable at foxmail.com. Coming up next, ready to spill the tea on a bubbly mystery that might be lurking in your favorite cup of milk tea? Is it brood bliss or bubble burden? Stay tuned. Looking for passion? How about fiery debate? Want to hear about current events in China from different perspectives? Then tune in to Roundtable, where East meets West, and understanding is the goal. It's the hour of Roundtable with myself, He Yang. I'm joined by Josh Cotterell and Yu Shun on the show. Milk beverages encompassing 
bubble tea, fruit tea, floral tea, and a symphony of sweet toppings have taken China's beverage scene by storm in recent years. It's a milk tea revolution, and young enthusiasts are swearing by the mantra: a cup of milk tea can tackle any problem. If not, maybe two cups will do the trick. You're not alone if you're one of the many people who regularly savor the delights of milk tea and wonder about its impact on your body and mind. Here's the not-so-sweet revelation. Researchers at Tsinghua University and the Central University of Finance and Economics in China have found a concerning connection between milk tea consumption and mental health issues such as depression and anxiety. So, what does the paper say, Yushun? These two universities conducted a study in an attempt to understand whether milk tea addiction would have an impact on the psychological well-being of young people. Their work was published in the Journal of Affective Disorders in August 2023 in the paper called "New Form of Addiction: An Emerging Hazardous Addiction Problem of Milk Tea Among Youths." The results indicate a significant correlation between milk tea addiction and females as well as younger individuals, while income level has little impact. There is a notable association between milk tea addiction and adverse. Psychological outcomes in young people, such as depression, anxiety disorders, and the like. However, in October 2023, the Institute of Psychology at the University of Lausanne, Switzerland, published a review article in the Journal of Affective Disorders, which pointed out some arguments on the criteria of、uh, the addiction in this paper, or the sample was not representative enough because they are only、uh, including. College students in the sample, so that's why we're also talking about it today. Whether milk tea has something to do with our mental health. Well, Josh, what's your take on the presumed bubble trouble? Well, I think that it makes quite a lot of sense. I know that bubble tea for some time has been a real staple when it comes to something that's consumed、um, and is deeply integrated into socializing, especially for younger generations. In China, right, and I have witnessed. I've always been quite shocked at the size of the tea sometimes that I see people drinking, and I've never been a massive fan of it myself. I must admit, and I've never had a particular problem with it. It's just too sweet for me. But I've always seen it as something that looks pretty unhealthy. So it it doesn't really shock me at all, to be honest, because I think that sugar, especially. Has always it's always been known that sugar can be bad for your mental health, or an excessive amount of sugar intake can be linked to a massive variety of health issues,、um, including you know increased blood sugar levels. And if we're talking about our mental health, then we're talking about things like energy crashes, right?、Um, which can definitely impact our mood. And when you're consuming it at a real speed, and I know that bubble tea. Correct me if I'm wrong, but it can be. Drunk pretty quickly, right? Before, for example, wh- while it's still cold or something like this, and I think consuming that amount of sugar at that speed can definitely contribute to an increased risk of、uh, mental health issues, and also the caffeine content as well.、Um, as someone myself who is quite careful about the amount of caffeine that I consume, more careful than most, I would say, it doesn't really surprise me because caffeine has also long been known. To have a negative impact 
on things like sleep quality and um, anxiety, um, irritability, things like this. So uh, yeah, it makes a lot of sense to me. Mm. In a way, if you look at the content of milk tea beverages, then it's almost like a double whammy because there's the sugar and caffeine. And surprise, surprise, tea contains caffeine. And that's mm. just a fact. But also, if you look at, let's say, a similar popular beverage, such as coffee, which is super popular in the UK, in the US, in Europe, you know, that is the staple drink. And Josh, I I'm just a little surprised, you know, when you think about it, because, uh, you know, if your argument is sound, then coffee pretty much has the similar effect. It just doesn't have so much mm. sugar in it. You, you put in it yourself if you want to, unless you're having a frappuccino, and then you know it comes with whipped cream and a lots of sugar. But coffee as a drink itself is the world's most popular psychoactive drug, but people mm -hmm. drink it every day and don't really think too much into it unless you're very health conscious. Absolutely. Um, and I think that's the problem is that it's so integrated into our society. It's so normalized. Same with alcohol and cigarettes. And now cigarettes we know are terrible for you. But if we go back you know, 60 years from now, it wasn't the case. Uh, they were still popularly advertised. And again, they were a staple of socializing. They continue to be today. Now, I'm not saying that coffee is as bad for you as alcohol and cigarettes, but certainly the long-term effects of caffeine intake and the amount of caffeine that many people do intake, I, I don't think that it's that good for you. And um, I think that when it comes to talking about mental health, there is not enough research on things like depression yet there's we don't know exactly what causes depression it can be a completely a mix of different factors and it can be different for every individual when it comes to mental health we're just scratching the surface i think medically on what we know about it but still i i think that we've become a bit numb to the negative effects of caffeine because of how deeply integrated and common it is for most of us in our daily lives Hmm. i guess for some of us we're just low-level consumers of coffee because it seems like, you know, the American society, the UK society is kind of, you know, just addicted to it. And in China, because we have a deep tea drinking culture, which is changing as well, because when you look at a lot of this milk tea beverage scene, there's hardly any tea content in a lot of these drinks. Sometimes they're just, you know, colorful, sweet drinks, and they're rapidly becoming part of the way people communicate and socialize with each other and you, you just visit you know any shopping mall there's probably one milk tea shop right next to the coffee shop if not more of these milk tea shops because here in china still coffee is a relatively new beverage culture and not everybody's welcoming of the caffeine consumption but with tea which also has caffeine in it but people are just far more easier to accept it, I suppose, because it feels less foreign. It's more of a homegrown thing. And maybe there are some of the other factors as well. I think we need to identify the difference between habit and addiction, right? Um, of course, the sugar is a big part of it um, when we're drinking these bubbled uh, milk tea. A psychological counselor, Ouyang Jun, pointed out that some consumers can't stop drinking milk tea because it contains sugar. 
high sugar content can stimulate the brain to release more dopamine, making people feel excited and happy. And people will chase for that type of excitement. I think, therefore, they may want to buy milk tea unstoppably. But I don't think we need to worry that too much because it doesn't mean that milk tea are hazardous, right? And as long as we are realizing that we are consuming too much of milk tea, we may and we can have the willpower to reduce the consumption. And also, Director of Psychology Huang Fuli believes that milk tea itself is not a harmful substance. Being in favor of drinking milk tea is like eating chocolate, drinking coffee, or other foods, right? Which is essentially more of a hobby, or I think they have been developed it. Into a habit because just like you know drinking coffee, a lot of people think that okay, I cannot just function very well if I don't consume a cup of coffee in the morning. Maybe nowadays young people are developing this situation into their habit. For example, they need that kind of a shot of bubble tea for their you know exam week because they just need that kind of fresh and、uh, sweet taste. To actually relieve their stress or just make them happier. I certainly feel that everybody's built differently because for some people, you know, caffeine has such a huge impact on them.、Mm. But for other people, you can drink a cup of coffee and go to bed, and, and it doesn't、mm. bother you. So it's really tricky, I suppose, to figure out: Does this do you any harm? You know, and also how much of consumption does it start to do you harm? And、right. when everybody. Tolerance level is kind of different. How do you tell? Also, when it comes to why you can't predict how much caffeine is in your coffee, is because how coffee is made can impact the quantitative caffeine in the end cup, and a bunch of variables can happen, and will produce pretty big variants. And the same rings true for a cup of tea, and especially if there's like sugar and other additives that's put into. Your cuppa, then it just adds to the difficulty in being able to precisely determine its effect, as well as to make it a persuasive and legit study to arrive at such conclusions. Also, what you said there, Yushun. Also, like, how do you define addiction? The breakdown can be different for different people. I think that addiction is. Very complex, and I think that you know addiction can be characterized as something persistent, a type of behavior,、um, a, a type of consumption of something. And usually, when we talk about addiction, we're talking about something that has negative consequences, right? But all of the things that I just said could be applied to a substance or to an activity or something that isn't negative, isn't chemically addictive, right? Or it might be complex. You know, somebody might be addicted to a Relationship or a TV series or something which isn't good for them, you know, is is that an addiction? Are we just talking about a chemical、um, craving or something like this? It is really complicated, and this is why. And I think words are important because it really allows us to understand things better and to learn more and be healthier. So I think as long as we keep the conversation going and we keep reading this research, which I think is really eye-opening and important,、mm. we're on the right. Track, but yeah, this addiction can be highly problematic. I think,、mm. and also, your words bring one question to me: Is this 
Are we witnessing an exploitation of the concept of addiction? And that brings us to the end of today's show. Thank you so much, Josh Cotterell and Yushun for joining the discussion. I'm He Young. We'll see you next time.